Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Baseball Fever Podcast. I am your host, Strongside, a good friend of mine, Gabe. So, hi, Gabe. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining me today. So, um, we have a lot of topics to talk about today, of course. Um, let's start with the Yankees and Gary Sanchez. So, Gary Sanchez, he made his MLB debut in 2015. He... Um, had a great year in 2016 that at the very end of the last couple of months, of course, he had 20 home runs and came in second in the rookie of the year voting. Then 2017 had a great year, 33 home runs, rough year in 2018, but then he bounced back in 2019 and hit a career high 34 home runs. And of course, we know how 2020 went for him. The 10 home runs, the power numbers were there, but hitting 147 in the major leagues game is not going to get you anywhere, right? And he almost, he, he lost his starting job in the postseason to Kyle Shioka. Yeah, no, just yeah, to see him lose his job, it must have been pretty bad. Of course, the power numbers were there. That's what you want out of Sanchez, but you can't hit 147 to be a major league player. That's just unacceptable no. for anyone. And even on this spring, of course, he's been doing well overall. The last couple games, he's kind of like slacked off a little bit. He's currently batting 240, has three home runs, four RBIs. So overall, it's been encouraging out of him. We haven't seen any pass balls yet, which is good to see. So, so how do you think the catching situation is going to go down this year? talked with Trevor Plouffe, I believe, or he didn't talk, but Trevor Plouffe talked about, he talked about a kick, which is obviously something that Gary Sanchez, uh, and he needed to start it earlier, because that's what he was doing in 2016, he was starting it earlier, so he was able to get that foot down and be able to pull the ball more, but he's, you can tell he's a hard worker, he, he busts his butt to, you know, try to fix his game, and I think so far this spring, I mean, except for the past couple of games, that uh, his work has um, improved. I think going into the winter, the Dominican Republic has helped. Yeah, definitely. And even um, I saw he had an interview with Marley Rivera of ESPN. He was talking about how he's shocked that fans still call him lazy. Meanwhile, he's in great shape. He's not lazy anymore. He's working really hard. You saw this whole offseason, he's been working really hard. So I know he's upset like with the fans' reaction, but of course, with the New York fan base, you have to perform. If you don't perform, you're going to hear it. And also, going back to your point about the leg yeah. kick, I think that's interesting, too, because sometimes that really messes up with your time, and you have to have that leg, that leg mm-hmm. kick down yep. pat if you want to use that. Because even a player like Matt Holland, I remember he had a huge leg kick. But when you can maintain that, mm-hmm. you can be, that can really help with your power. But if it's going to throw you off, it's it's not good. You have to just get that foot down, and there's a, t- a short toe tap. And I think he will be fine. He just has to, yeah, like you mentioned, just get it on time. And when he does get it on time, that's when he can hit the ball like we know he can. Um, the perfect example of Judge in 2016, the big leg kick. And obviously that 2016, that short stint he had at the end of the year, wasn't very good. And then when he came back into the season 17, he had gotten rid of the leg kick. He just kind of does a step now. Obviously, we all know how the 2017 season went for Aaron Judge. Yeah, no, definitely. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah, Judge, of course. He had that yeah, rough year in 2016, came back in 2017, had that huge historical year. Too bad he got cheated out of an MVP, of course, yep. Jose Altuve. But, yeah, overall, great year. And it, at, at, right now, at, like the last couple of years, he's been hurt a lot. But when he's healthy, he's a great player. He can carry the Yankees lineup. So oh, yeah, he's just need sure. him to return to his health. And when, is, if he's healthy, he's fine. And I don't think anyone's worried about him, especially how this spring he hasn't really shown much power. But. People have mentioned, oh, are you concerned about that? And Boone has not been concerned about it. You see, he's hit the ball hard. His timing looks good, and that's all that matters in spring training. Okay, so um, let's move on to the pitching staff. Of course, we have Corey Kluber, one of the two rolls of the dice, you could say, for the Yankees. Mm -hmm. He's turning 35 next month. He's getting up there, but, of course, he was hurt almost all of the last two years. Two-time Cy Young Award winner, most recently in 2017. 
And actually, it was kind of funny to think about. I wanted to mention that he had that Cy Young year in 2017, but then that's when, remember when he faced the Yankees in the postseason and he got yep. rocked by the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees especially. Just hit him well in, in the ALDS. He had those two home runs. I know that, mm-hmm. that Didi hit off him in the game five. That was the deciding game of that series. So overall with Kluber, um, how do you think he's going to perform this year? I think Kluber uh, returned to his uh, previous form in some way. Now, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be on the level that or not quickly, uh, Garrett Cole is at, but I think he's going to have a good year. He's going to stay, and so far this spring, his his pitches have looked good. His 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 cutter have looked pretty good, uh, and I think that's going to be a pretty good year for Kluber, and I'm excited for it. He was when I when I saw the notification that we had signed Kluber, I was very excited because I really like Kluber. He's He's like LeMayhew. He's really quiet. He doesn't show much emotion, but he goes out into the field and does what he does, and he helps his team win. Yeah, exactly. Kluber and DJ LeMayhew, the two robots, you could say, the Klubot mm-hmm. and the, the machine, pretty much motionless, but they get the, they get the job done in the field, which is all that matters. And do you see Kluber returning to his Cy Young form, or do you think he only needs to just return to a decent form, bounce back pretty much? To be able to be successful for the Yankees, I think he just needs to show a decent form. I mean, obviously the Yankees are hope he can return to a Cy Young form this year. But I think if he were, if he just if he doesn't get rocked around a lot, if he pitches good, he helps us win ball games. He helps us win the East. I think that'll be a deciding factor on whether or not this year, because I think he only signed a one-year contract. And yeah, I mean, it may be different with Severino coming back. But I have Kluber longer than that. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you could go ahead. Um, I just, yeah, I think the Yankees just want him to pitch well. I don't just, he doesn't have to be the ace because we have Garrett Cole. But so long as he pitches well, I think that's, that's going to help a lot. Yeah, definitely. I was going to mention, too, because even before we had Cole, it was tough because you had, like, Tanaka and Paxton had so much pressure on them to mm-hmm. pitch aces. Yep. But now you have Cole at the top of that staff, so Kluber and Tyone, who we're going to get into next, and even, like, Herman or Garcia, Montgomery, they don't have to pitch like aces. They have no. to pitch, like, two, three, mm-hmm. fours, and fives in the rotation, and that, that, that pressure off them would definitely help, especially for guys like Kluber and Tyone who are coming back from those injuries, mm-hmm. being out for almost, like, the last two years, both of them. Yeah. Okay, so... um. Let's move on to tie on a bit. He, of course, he's he's 29 years old. Played with the the Pirates for most of, uh, pretty much all of his career. He had his second Tommy John surgery in August of 2019, so he's re- coming back from that. And he hasn't pitched so far this spring. Three games hasn't a lot of run in 5.2 innings of work. So with tie on, is it kind of similar? Do you think with um with Kluber, do you think he's he should return like return to a big form, or do you think he, as long as he gets the job done and doesn't get rocked around, the Yankees should be good? If I'm being honest, I think the Yankees just want to see a full season because he's going to be our number three. So, but I, he just yeah, I think it's going to be about the same as uh, Kluber. I'm hoping that with the the new gas station that he's having, their spring facility, I'm hoping that Tyon is going to be out of Pittsburgh. You know, Glasnow was in Pittsburgh, Cole was in Pittsburgh, and both of them are pretty good ball players. So I'm hoping that Tyon is the guy that's going to show that he can pitch in the big and do what he did in 2017. I think it was, it was his own full year. Yeah, when he's been healthy, we've seen him do great. Just the, the, the um, health is a concern with him. Of course, he had that now is his second Tommy John surgery he's coming off of. So, of course, there are risks to take, but Yankees took a lot of risk 
but trading for Tyon and signing Kluber. But of course, the reward is too high, and especially how they wanted to stay under the luxury tax this year. So these are two great moves that they made to really improve their rotation after letting Tanaka and Paxton and Hap go. So overall, mm-hmm. I think they are going to do a solid job. They don't need them to be the best play, best pitchers ever and pitch like Cole, like you mentioned. But as long as they can fall back in two, three, or even four, I can even see Montgomery moving into a, 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 the number three spot because, of course, he is a left-handed mm-hmm. pitcher. And of course, he might be, I think he's a Yankee, might be the only lefty. Yeah. So depending on how the Yankees want to use them, but either way, all three of those guys are going to be huge for them this year. And um, going to Domingo Herman, he's an interesting subject now. He, of course, had that great, Season won 18 games for them, and then unfortunately, in, in September of that year, it's when that whole domestic violence incident happened with him. Mm. And this spring has been his first spring back with the team in a long time. So, what do you think we're going to get out of Herman, and what role is he going to play this year? I think Herman, I think we're going to see the same of Herman in 2018. Um, I don't know if he's going to win, he's going to be the number four starter, so he's going to stand cold beautifully. His curveballs looked good. His fastballs looked good. His command looks to be on point. Um, I don't know if the velocity has gone down a bit. I can't remember how hard to throw, but so far he's looked pretty good this spring, and I think that is going to continue on that track. Yeah, and do you see him as the fifth starter, or do you think Davey Garcia could take that last rotation spot? Um, I guess well, I right now I would see him as the fifth starter. Davey Garcia is going to put a put. Uh, good numbers too, so it's gonna. I guess I don't know if he's a six-man rotation. I think it's gonna be a battle between Domingo Herman and uh, David Garcia. Yeah, definitely. Both of them have done, done very well this spring. Herman has been great. Hasn't a lot of run in nine innings. A lot five hits, thirteen strikeouts. So he's really dominated so far this spring. So as of now, if the season started today, I would say Herman's your number five starter. Mm-hmm. And as long as everything's okay with him in the clubhouse with his teammates. I don't see why he shouldn't be that number five starter. And Davey Garcia, we have to remember that he's only 21 years old and he's still developing. Mm-hmm. He, I don't think he was really expecting to play as much as he did yeah. last year. But that's when Paxton got hurt, so he, he had to come up. But it was definitely a great experience for him to be up there at such a young age. So I, I have no doubt we're going to see him this year. I don't think he's going to start the year as a number five starter in the rotation. But I definitely do see him playing a role, maybe making make, make like a spot start here and there. Mm-hmm. Or coming out of bullpen for a couple innings as long release. Yeah. But either way, both of those guys are going to have a big role with the team. Yeah. And uh, one more topic related to the Yankees I have. Um, how about the bench spots? So the bench is still competition going on with the bench. Of course, you have four spots right now if they take the certain amount of pitchers that they're going to. So they have Kyle Gashioka, of course, need the backup catcher. He's a given that's going to make that spot. And um, Brett Gardner is the other one. Of course, he's not going to be playing minor league ball. So then there's two spots left. And your options are Jay Bruce. Mike Talkman, Derek Dietrich, and Tyler Wade. Who are you taking? If I had to choose, like in a dream scenario, I would take Mike Talkman and Jay Bruce. I really like Talkman. Okay. He uh, was a product of the Rockies, so I got to see him play here in Albuquerque a lot. I remember him hitting a grand slam one of the games I went to, and that was fun to see. And then he went to the Yankees, and he seems he finally found a spot on a major league club instead of going back and forth. And I think he's of options anyway. So it's going to be interesting to see what yeah. the Yankees do with Talkman. But I really like Talkman. I think he's another outfield spot that the Yankees can use. He's another lefty, of course. And the Yankees, you know, need lefties. Um, and and then Jay Bruce has has shown he can play at a high level in the major leagues. He uh, beat up on He beat up on a whole bunch of teams in 2017 with the Indians, did a couple of home runs off of our pitching staff in the postseason. So 
I, if I had to choose, I would take Mike Talkman and Jay Bruce. Okay, that's actually an interesting choice. And but who would be the backup shortstop? Is that Gio Shelley you're taking there? I didn't think about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it would be yeah, because Gio, I, but I prefer Gio at third. I, I don't know I that way. He was like the other day. Yeah. I prefer him at third base because of the defense. I think that Urshela and and Duhar are kind of maybe on the same level when it comes to offense. But I think that Urshela is definitely the better glove. But I don't. I don't. Yeah, you're right though. Because that's like the one thing that's helping out Tyler Wade. I because I I think it's gonna be Jay Bruce and Tyler Wade because I feel like taking Bruce and Talkman is just two more outfielders that you have mm. because that's going to be a fifth and a sixth outfielder type of thing. Yeah. So I just feel like it's going to be between one of them. But it's tough with Talkman too. Like you mentioned, he's out of options and maybe has one left. I think he's out of it now. But like, what are they going to do with him? Because then they, they could lose him yeah. if he doesn't make the roster. So it, it would have to be if a trade came up. But you have to take Bruce at this point. The way he's played this spring, he showed that he can play. And also it's good to see him too because he could play first base as well. And yeah, I can give Boyd a day off at times because I was even thinking, um, who would be the backup? I mean, I guess you have DJ LeMay who can play some first, but I, like you mentioned, I prefer him at second base, like you said, yeah. Gio at third. Like, you don't want to mess with these guys too much. Mm-hmm. DJ's a gold glove second baseman. So if you have a guy like Bruce, he could play some outfield, he could play some first. I think that versatility helps him. And going back to Wade, of course, the bat has never really come through at the big league level, but I think his ability to play shortstop and mm-hmm. do good, I think that's what's going to help him and help him make his team, especially with his speed and a lefty bat, yeah. of course. And yeah, for Diet- for Dietrich too, I don't know about him because he hasn't really hit that well in spring training. Of course, it's just spring training; it doesn't really matter much. But I feel like he really needed to impress this spring in order to make it. I I, I don't I don't think he's gonna start the team uh, on the roster. So, what do you think about him? I really like Dietrich. Um, he is another lefty that I really like. He has swagger. I mean, it's that too be iffy, but I he he responds. He's a good lefty bat. He may not hit for. a average but you know he can hit a home run here and there but because of the limited bench spots yeah i don't see him starting on the major roster yeah it's very very competitive bench we have going here but i'm sure he will be still play a role with the team i'm sure he will get called up with someone injured mm-hmm. in the infield because he could play multiple positions he could play i don't know second he could play third he, he plays a lot of positions i think first in outfield as well yeah so he's definitely gonna play a role mm-hmm. with the team and also um moving on of course like to more general major league baseball Spring training game is being televised. I know you mentioned you wanted to talk yeah. about that. It's been tough. I'm a Yankees fan. I live here in New York. I have the Yes Network, but they don't televise many of the games. And I knew they never always televised every single game, but I can't remember them not televising as many as yeah. they have it now. So what do you think about <clears> that? I remember because I just bought a subscription on TV so I can watch more because here where I live, I live far away from New York, so I don't have the same that you do with the Yes Network. So I got the subscription MLB more games because before that I would really rely on the the big rivalry game against the Red Sox to the Astros to see the Yankees play on live TV. But now that I have MLB TV, I can watch more games. But one game that specifically that I remember being frustrated with, with Corey, was Corey Kluber's first start in spring. I didn't televise that game. It was only on the radio. And I was really disappointed because, you know, as I said earlier, I, like, I really like uh, Corey Kluber and not being able to see him pitch was frustrating, and then now there's been a couple of games where no media, radio broadcast or TV broadcast has been allowed, and it's frustrating because the team that I really 
feel excited about. I think it's going to be a good year for the Yankees and not being able to see how they look in spring is frustrating. For sure, especially you mentioned about that Corey Kluber start. That's something that like, like must-see must see TV for Yankees fans. They want to see his first start, even though it's not an official start. They want to see how he looks. So I think even if they didn't know that Kluber was going to pitch that game, I feel like they should have – I don't know how it works, but they can make yeah. it happen to televise that game or at least get some type of decent access to it because we want to watch these games. I mean, now, tonight we have a game at 6.30. The Yankees are playing the Phillies. The game's not on TV yeah. nor on radio. So it's it's upsetting for us. Like, we're, I'm literally going to be sitting on my couch just, like, re- reading the game day thing, you know, like yep. in the box score and all yep. that. It's, it's upsetting because it's, it's a Friday night game. They should be they should be televised for sure. I'm shocked they are. I was even thinking they should call us and tell us to go down and, and broadcast yeah, that game. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> I know. I was thinking if, if they don't have people to do it, then how about you get some people like the internship mm-hmm. or something to, to come down and yeah. call it. Yeah, that would be awesome. So I feel like they could do something like that. Yeah, so hopefully they do start televising some more games. I mean, maybe not this year, of course, but maybe in the years coming they'll televise more. I remember even – um, yes, the Orc even tweeted out something saying about how it's like one of the, the most aired spring training mm-hmm. like all these games since 2009. So I mean, people want to watch these yeah. games, but when there's not many on, it's just, it's just frustrating for, for the And players. one thing, uh, another thing about spring training going kind of subject is I've noticed the Yankees, a lot of the same teams. Last we played Boston, oh, yeah. Tampa Bay, but we've really only been playing Detroit, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh. Those are the three teams that we played against the most in the Blue Jays. But, um, it's something it, it, I wasn't expecting because like a one-two game series against the Red Sox, I always the Yankees going over to the Red Sox facility with the fake uh, or makeshift uh, green monster they have over there in that field. And what, that's not something that hasn't happened this year, and I was surprised by that. Yeah, no, that's, I, it is pretty cool, that stadium, how it's like, they kind of like, mm-hmm. make like a model yeah. of Fenway Park. That's cool. But yeah, they have, I think it was like something that they did this year with like having like kind of like mm-hmm. pods. Yeah. Play a certain amount of teams. Like I know like, Yankees are on, the, are on the west coast of Florida, and there's other teams on the east coast or maybe the other way around, but, like, they're only playing the teams that are closest to them, which it is, it is kind of annoying, too, because, like, you're, you're seeing mm-hmm. teams so many like, times. Or, so, you mean, know, you want to see a team, you know, so. Yeah, you know, I know, and, and plus you're only playing half the teams anyway because the other half's in the Cactus, Cactus yeah. in Arizona, so it's already just half the teams, but now when you're only playing four or five other teams, it's it's definitely frustrating. But hopefully I will get back, back to normal, I guess, now I'm, Next spring training, I think it's just something for this year with the COVID. They just want to be careful and not have as like many teams mm-hmm. like playing each the, other. So it's just yeah. I the split squad them. is awesome. I haven't seen the spring, and I think it's good. Oh yeah, you're right. I, I haven't seen that either. Yeah, I guess like that's a good point. I, I actually didn't even think about the split squads. Yeah, those are pretty fun too. Seeing who's traveling, who's staying back, following two games at the same time. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. All right, so um, moving on to um, Scooter Jeanette. He's a big topic that you you mentioned too. He's 30 years old, played in, infielder. He did not play at all in 2020, but in 2019, he didn't have that great of a year. He, he split time with the Reds and the Giants. But then in 2017 and 2018, he combined to play 295 games. He slashed 303, 351, 508 with the 859 OPS and 50 home runs. So overall, he was very productive those last two, those two years, 2017 and 2018. And he kind of struggled a lot in 2019. So... What do you, where do you think he's eventually might play, and what are your thoughts on, on him overall? I uh, am a really big fan of Scrooge Jeanette. I, I have been for a while now since he, I think it was. Yeah, I guess they're only playing one game. I guess there's only a couple teams that they're playing, so they're not going to have like the team split mm-hmm. up and play each other. Where they're just going to be playing the same yeah. over and over again anyway. 2018, they really kind of put himself on this and hit 
over 20 homers. I think it was that year he made the All-Star team in Washington. But uh, he's a lefty bat. He's an infielder. He may not have a base percentage, but he can hit for average. He can hit. And I think he performed poorly that year. He got hurt when he split time with the Reds and the Giants because of that injury. I think if he hadn't have gotten hurt and missed so much time, the same numbers, and then bad year, that kind of swiped him off of the agent market because I think he wanted to be a free agent, but because of that injury, no one picked him up and signed with the team. Yeah, I don't think he's uh, he's very vocal on Twitter. Uh, he talks about, I think, what I, what I took as him missing game, but uh, he's really interested and it sucks a player. Uh, he plays good defense. He's good in Milwaukee and the Reds. to put his name out there. Uh, and it, it just sucks to see. I'm a really big fan of him and to go to the Yankees since since that all-star year because I think the lefty, that was yeah. this was before Andujar and Urshela and when the Yankees needed infielders and I really were. Yeah, surprisingly how no one took a chance on him. Like I feel like now he's, a, I'm surprised he's still a free agent. No one even offered him like a minor league deal yet to try to prove himself that he is that player he was once, once a few years ago. But yeah, I, I'm surprised that no one's really picked him up. And of course, someone who's had had a solid like resume overall. Of course, the last couple of years about the injury, how he kind of prevented him from playing at at where he can play. So, I mean, maybe eventually, once some players go down on different teams this year, hopefully someone takes a chance on him and be like, okay, we really need need this guy lefty. We need, we're lacking this, so this guy's hurt. So, I'm sure, hopefully he does sign somewhere else. But I would definitely want to see him play. You can't forget he's only only thirty years old. That's kind of like right mm-hmm. training a prime too. So he definitely he's not like washed up yet. He he has some more. Yeah, he would pick him up because I think he would help. And I think he is going to prove okay. that with if a team decides to pick him up. But no one, his name hasn't been tossed around in any of the free agent market. It, it just it just sucks to see because he had such a high potential because of that injury. No one decided to take a risk on him. And, yeah, no, I'm, someone someone has to give him a chance at some point. It's surprising how, like, yeah, his name wasn't even, I didn't really hear his name much at all this offseason. About, oh, yeah, he's coming back from the injury, like, he wants to prove himself. I haven't really heard anything. So he's definitely an under-the-radar player who can really help the team. Mm, in, for in, sure, in the yeah. Future. Yeah, so moving on um, to the Marlins, let's talk about them. Of course, a team rebuilding in the rebuilding mode. They were very ahead of schedule last year. They only had, they only went 31-29 was their record last year. But the expanded postseason allowed them to make it. And they made it for the, their first appearance in the postseason since 2003, that's when they won it all. And um, so I definitely think that the expanded postseason gave them a lot of experience that like allowed them to make it and see what it's like because this is a very young team with a very bright future, but just hasn't made it to where they want to be yet. They're not contenders yet. But yeah, overall, so um, what do you think we're going to see out of the Marlins this year? Are they going to be under 500? Are they going to do good? So what are your thoughts? I think they'll still be under 500, but I think the direction. Uh, one thing that Giraffeneck Mark on, on one of his YouTube videos said that I agreed with, he said that if they're obviously the Miami Marlins have a really good farm system, and he said that if people, prospects come up and make an impact, he said that uh, they could sneak into the wild card, which is something I found uh, a bit surprising. I think that they're still okay, but I think their future is really bright. Uh, the Marlins is a team that I really like. Uh, it kind of have since Giancarlo Stanton was there and Christian Yelich and the Marlins are known for being a bad team, but I hope that here in Sixto Sanchez and Isan and a couple of the other, they'll be able to hopefully take steps in the right direction and 
become a contender again. Yeah, definitely. I think the Marlins. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're gonna make make the make the postseason this year. Like maybe maybe a wild card spot if they can, because the, the team has a lot of potential. But yeah, they still I feel like they're still a couple years off. But you never know that they, they do have that great young pitching, the great farm system. And even it was interesting too because um, Don Mattingly won the um, Manager of the Year last year in the National League. And I heard a story about when he's when they the players first showed up in spring training this year. One of the player players, I guess, the first time like he was he saw him, he congratulated him on the award. And he was like, "That was last mm-hmm. year. Like, he really was not focused on that. He's focused on this year, and he's a great manager to have there. Derek Jeter and him have done a great job with this team overall. And I know a lot of their hitting prospects didn't really do well last year at the plate. I know like it was like five or six of them combined for like a one forty four average. So that's the reason why like their offense wasn't as good. But I know, of course, as you mentioned, all these players have a lot of potential. And in a couple of years from now, I, I can mm-hmm. see them being and contenders. So far this spring, <clears throat> their prospects that they've used have really made an impact. And of course, it's just the spring training, but uh, they've looked so far this spring. Yeah, definitely. It, it, with spring training, it's hard too because you don't want to judge it too much on spring training, but then it's good when you see guys doing well because they can gain their confidence and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have a fine line between that. Okay, spring training doesn't mean much, but then also, oh, they're doing great. That's good for their confidence. And it's, it makes it exciting to see, like, okay, can they bring us into the actual season? So, yeah. Um, and how about the Dodgers? So um, they have a great team, of course. Won, won the World Series last year. Made some great acquisitions this year. They brought back Justin Turner. They signed Trevor Bauer to that contract. That really, really pretty much hefty contract for them. So they have a great rotation, great team overall. I could see them definitely making the World Series again this year. So, and um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, a lot of people say that the Dodgers are on this next level. I'm not saying that they're good. I I do think that they're the best team in baseball, but I don't think they're as far away from everyone else as some people say. The Yankees, if Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyone and all the gambles that the Yankees have taken this offseason really pay off, I think that the Yankees could be up there in that conversation. I don't think the Yankees would be better because the Dodgers, really every single player on their roster has a chance. But I think that on paper, the Yankees and the Dodgers are kind of level with each other. I think that uh, the Dodgers have the better rotation, but I think that the Yankees have their better bullpen, and their lineups are kind of even because the Yankees have some thumpers in Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, but then the Dodgers also have that too with Corey Seager and Cody Bellinger. So I think that on paper, it's a really even, but I think that performance-wise, obviously you don't know what you're going to get out of Corey Kluber and Jim, if they both perform well, that the Yankees can be up there in that conversation and can put a Dodgers up for their money as the best team in baseball. Yeah, definitely. And also, I mentioned in my last episode about how I think that the Yankees have a very, very underrated rotation. Of course, has so much potential. I think they have the potential to be the best rotation in baseball. I, I, def- I really do. And if their rotation can, can be up to par once the postseason comes around, and I, I think they could be a great team. And, of course, when you, when you compare them on paper, the, the Yankees and the Dodgers, they, their lineups are pretty similar, like you said. They, of course, they have, they have power guys. They have even guys with speed, guys who can hit for, hit for average. Yeah, Mookie Betts at the top is pretty good. Yeah, but I definitely don't think the Yankees are too far off either. I have to agree with you on that one. And it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if they can play each other in the World Series, I'm sure. Um, a lot of Dodgers fans, Yankees fans, I feel like a lot of people have been waiting for that World Series matchup. And of course, Yan- us Yankees fans <laughs> yep. are waiting for them just to make it to the World Series. So, can you see Yankees Dodgers? Yeah, World Series I can. Uh, the Yankees obviously have had struggles in the postseason the last couple of years. 
I don't think 2017 was our fault because of the whole cheating scandal with Houston. But I, I think in 2018, the Boston had That was the one team I was scared about in that postseason. And we saw what happened. You know, the, the, the Red Sox came right out of the gate in that series. We put up a good fight, but I think Jay Martinez hit a three-run homer in game one off of Jay Happ in Boston. And that just kind of set the mode for the rest of the series. We almost pushed it to a game five when Gary Sanchez hit that ball. In game four, I believe it was in the ninth inning off of um, what's his name? I know which. Oh my! I know which hit you're talking about. I just I forgot who was who was pitching. He's with. He, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's on the Cubs now. Um, yeah, Craig Kimbrell. There you oh, go. Kimbrel, yeah. Kimbrel. Uh, and then the next batter was Torres. He grounded out, and that was how the series ended. It was very painful to see because it was against the the Red Sox, and as be the Red Sox. But yeah, the Yankees have always not, but the believe they've struggled to get over that hump and I think helped them be better because last year we really only had Cole. Tanaka wasn't as strong as he was past Severino. We didn't have Ramon, so we relied on Cole to win us games because they've gotten a lot of pieces that are going to help. And 15 game stretch where we just played very bad and help at all. But I think that this year we finally get over that hump and I think that finally get the Yankees Dodgers World Series at see for the past yeah that would that would be so exciting to have that match up there and yeah it's pretty it's pretty interesting too yeah you, you gotta just hope that Kluber and Tyon can live up to expectations because if, if they can do that then this team could be amazing and you can even think like last year that whole thing that happened in ga- game two of the ALDS with they brought in mm-hmm. Davey Garcia to start the game and then Hap came in that that just changed the whole entire series for them they were, they were doing great so far and that just ruined it for them and I think changing the faces like you kind of replaced Paxton Tanaka and Hap with Tyon and Kluber, I think that's definitely a big step up because I don't like Tanaka work we've seen in pinch, pinch hats for seven years and Hap pinch hats for like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So these are guys that have been Yankees for a while, and then for the Yankees for them to like really like let Tanaka go back to Japan and not not resign any other two, I think it was pretty interesting. Of course, they kind of just really improved their rotation. They knew that was what their issue was. They had Cole, but you can't just rely on one pitcher. So. They definitely yeah, built up that rotation good. And now, of course, with the Zach Britton injury, that's tough for the Yankees, but we should be getting him back halfway or so through the year. So he'll be a fresh arm that we get along with Severino, another fresh arm that would be just going to be huge for them down the line. Like uh, you made a trade, mm-hmm. trade deadline. A fresh arm, someone who has ace potential, we saw in 2017. So I think for the Yankees, it's very exciting. They even have some young arms too. Jonathan Mawaisaga, who didn't have, a, didn't have the last couple of good years, that they weren't that great. But in spring training, it's been great so far. Even Nick Nelson, another guy mm-hmm. that we're hearing about, oh, he's going to break out. He's this great pitcher. All this hype around him. Him, Michael King, another young pitcher that's great. So I think these young pitchers are going to help them out too because you got to remember that these, these pitchers are coming off of a yeah. short 60-game season. They didn't pitch as much as they usually do. So the Yankees, all teams are gonna, just going to need a lot of players to step in. And I, and I feel like their pitching depth is going to be the difference between winning and losing for mm-hmm. every team in the league. They need to have that depth because there's going to be injuries. There's going to be players that can't be stretched out as much as you want them to be. So I think pitching is going to yeah. be the key for every and team. I think that if King and Garcia don't find their way in the I think it's going to uh, those two are, are going to be backups. So if Cole or Kluber don't have their st- that day, and they kind of get shelled early on. You can rely on Michael came to come in, shut the door for the Yankees and give the Yankees offense a chance to come back from whatever damage, if there is damage, allowed 
our pitchers. So I think it's going to be good. It's good to have uh, to fall back on just in case something doesn't go as planned. And I think that David Garcia and Michael Keane are really going to step up this year. Yeah, and definitely. Even like you could think, okay, Cole doesn't have his best day, gives up some runs. But if you're if the Yankees lineup is healthy, it's not over till it's over. They could be losing by six, seven runs, yeah. and they can come back. <laughs> like they had the potential to come back. That there's a couple home runs, all the power they have. So you can't just count them out of the game and just have these guys coming in. But if you have guys like King, Garcia, and Nelson coming in and shutting it down for some innings, giving the offense a chance to come back, that would be huge for them. And those are the wins that you need. That those wins are going to be the difference between between maybe a win in the division or anything like that, even a postseason spot for some teams. So yeah, that's I think another thing huge for them. Well, I guess it looks like we lost Gabe. So yeah, I think we we're been pretty much just finishing up anyway. So I want to thank you all for joining this second episode of the Baseball Fever podcast. Had a great time today talking to Gabe. I'll, I'll thank him later for joining our episode today. And I'm sure we'll see Gabe back for a couple other episodes in the future. So stay tuned for that. Of course, Fridays are my day. I'm going to be making, have new episodes out.